With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. And now it's time for a <laughs> learning about Jesus montage. I wanted more Rocky stuff here, by the way, too, during this montage. Just like flashbacks of like typing next to Mr. T really hard and like <laughs> making a giant stairway of Bibles and running up it. Yeah, jumping yeah there top. you go. Chasing around a chicken with a little rabbinical cap on. <laughs> Swinging it around by the neck until it chokes. Moshi, Moshi, come up to the mountain. <laughs> God awful. Movie, movie, movie. Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because the courts weren't super specific when they said community service. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting to my immediate left is my good friend Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thanks. So, uh, you know what's a great romantic evening? What's that? Driving to Rockaway, New Jersey and seeing a Christian movie with you, No Illusions. <laughs> it's delightful. It's one of the best dinner and a movie dates I've ever been on. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Thank and you. Sitting 81 miles to my right is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? Pretty fantastic. I mean, you do have to count popcorn as dinner, but yeah, I get it. I'm just, I, you know, I don't want to mislead. <laughs> I put out. <laughs> Yeah, Just my saying. dick was in the popcorn the whole time, though, and you didn't share. But anyway, yeah, you can't have it all. You can't have it all. I said get your whatever. <laughs> get two. So tell us, Heath, what are we going to be breaking down today? All right. We watched The Case for Christ. It's the story of Lee Strobel becoming a Christian because Achilles did, in fact, defeat Hector using magical <laughs> armor from Hephaestus, the god of fire and metalworking. Does none of that make sense? Still won't when we're done. Nope. <laughs> It'll make sense why you said it anyway. Yeah. And Eli, how bad was this movie? Well, if you think the best way to investigate a murder is to prove whether or not knives exist, <laughs> you will love this movie. Oh my, okay, so now let's recognize the challenge that these guys faced, right? You know, because the book that they're trying to base a movie on is just like a nonfiction argumentation in favor of Jesus. They're trying to make a book that would like be trying to like make a movie out of the goddamn National Audubon Field Society Guide for Mushrooms or something, you know? So it was an uphill battle to begin with, but the actual apologetics that they use in this are so fucking insane. Like, like they, they just don't even even prove the thing that they're saying that they prove and yet the audience in the in the theater is just like mm -hmm, yeah no yeah, can, yeah can't this is that. bad for apologetics yeah right there's a new school of like 
wave your hands and close your eyes apologetics that you just like, you're like, all right, well, if we don't care, we don't care. And I get it. But this is like the old school. No, no, no. Let me explain. There was secret writing on invisible coins that (laughs) I see 500 years later, but you can't because I'll stab you in the chest right now. If you survive, I'll stop believing in Jesus. And and of course, we've already hinted at this, but this was another field trip for us. Um, but Heath and I actually had the pleasure of seeing this on Thursday night. It was like a preview kind of big thing that we paid extra for because it included a live broadcast Q&A afterwards hosted by the Washington racist's very own Kirk Cousins. Um, <laughs> Kirk Cousins. I, I, like, who is like apparently like a family friend. <laughs> God, that's how that should have started. Holy shit, is that how that should have started? He should have just started up and he'd say, hey, audience, you like that? How do you like that? Yeah, it would have been awesome. Eli's just going like, I'm sure that's funny or something. Anyway, so we go there and and it's like there's probably about 35, 40 people scattered in this theater that would have held 300. Yeah. The youngest of them other than me was, I'd say, mid 130s, somewhere (laughs) around there. Ballpark. Um, so, Heath, what would be your general assessment of that crowd? Um, well, there was a pack of rascal scooters tied up outside the theater <laughs> like fucking horses at a saloon. So that was indicative. Oh, shit. They were like, all the handicapped seats are filled. Everybody's fighting over them. Yeah, no, it was great. It was great. And, and of course, the Q&A that they did was at a Trump-branded building and hosted by the guy who plays for the New Orleans Negroes. I, it's like they were trying. It's like they, they were they're like, maybe the gam guys need a little more ammunition. You think? <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, I saw this at Times Square 42nd Street, where I see most of these at four in the afternoon with the usual three black ladies and my wife playing video games. So I, I was in my I was in my element. <laughs> Anna does everything at this point except set up a big screen TV and play PlayStation while I watch these movies. <laughs> you need to get her a switch. I'm changing. The, we got to get off that subject quick, or that's what the show's going to be about. It's going to be about fucking Gam's Zelda Breath of the Wild. What do you think of that game? <laughs> do you like it? So, Eli, what'd you think of this movie, huh? And its factual accuracy. Oh, okay. So we should probably say at the outset, and and we'll break down the apologetics as they come up in the movie. There is a ton about this movie, like the book that it's based on, that is total fucking bullshit. We'll get to it, like, again, point by point. But most importantly, the entire conceit of this film and the book are untrue. Strobel, by his own admission, like, on his Wikipedia page, became a Christian in 1981. And The Case for Christ came out in 1998 and is his fourth book about how awesome Jesus is. The story he tells in his testimony, which is available online, is vastly different than the movie sets forth. Uh, so, like, maybe he was an atheist who, like, really struggled with his wife's faith. I don't know. Not inside his head. What I do know is the story he told subsequently has nothing to do with the plot of this movie. He wrote this book as a Christian for other Christians and was already a minister at the time. <laughs> That's pretty damning. Well, so now in his defense, so what what they're saying, yes, the book came out in 1998. What he's saying is that basically he wrote it in 1978 or did all the research for it, and that's what made a Christian of him. And then, you know, whatever, it took him 20 years to put the book together. I, I don't know. But, yeah, th- that being said, you know, like I, I, 
even with that defense, it's horrible bullshit. <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, he's he's like the guy that, you know, starts off the conversation, the email with me. Don't get me wrong. I'm an atheist, too, and ends with amen. Um, no, <laughs> and, oh God, there's a lot of I should publish. I should just have a special page on the website devoted to that. Um, now, is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say best worst people we walked past on the way into the theater. It was amazing. So, Noah and I walk in, first thing we see, this a large woman being chased by her even larger son, just whining about like his popcorn's not floating in enough butter. It, he's, he, it looked like Indiana Jones being chased by a hungry boulder. If, <laughs> Harrison Ford was an overweight Christian like lady. North Korean propaganda. <laughs> there were, yeah, there was never has because we were just walking into the theater. I'm going like I can't decide if I want it to be crowded or empty in here. Oh. And we walk past those two people, and I managed to get all the way by them before. This is the most Walmartian group of couple of human beings you can possibly imagine. I get all the way by them without laughing, and then was, I just turn to Heath and crack the fuck up. <laughs> I, honestly, I was like 50-50. They were going to take off masks and be Anna and Eli. <laughs> well, it's a good thing I wasn't there. I almost really kidnapped a kid in Pequod's pizza. So it seems like... <laughs> Dude, it, seems was, like it was just like that kid, but bigger. It was amazing. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have stood for it. I would not have stood for it. <laughs> I would have locked eyes with him and just whispered the word fist fight, and he would have understood. Oh, you would have rolled would've out of the theater with him in, in a giant ball of cartoon things going all directions. <laughs> I want to nominate this movie for best worst outfits. Everyone in this movie is dressed like a box of chalk that is also a prostitute. Like a, a box of chalk you can pay to fuck. Usually you don't have to pay them, um, as it turns out. I, I was going to go with best worst daddy issues. Now, we're going to get to it, I promise. I'm just teasing you now. But at a certain point in this movie, they make a... A, a, a bit of an accusation about atheists and their daddy issues that I had a lot of fun with. Fucking absurd. Um, <laughs> and I also just, I add, this is a late ad. I want to add best worst Eli note misspelling. I'll, I'll well, really? I'll point it this out. This is a when, high bar. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> really? This was me writing in the dark in a movie theater without looking. So <laughs> on a phone. None of that, none of that fancy <laughs> on a computer with time to pause grammar perfection that I usually hold myself <laughs> to. <laughs> So just for the record, okay, before we do the show, I just go through Eli's notes with a quick spell check. And honestly, it's less because I'm a pedantic ass and more because I don't like the little red underline in my notes constantly. So <laughs> so I go and I do that. And this is the first time spell check has just come up and been like, fuck you, dude. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, spell check just shoots himself in the head. Yeah, right, right. Wouldn't talk to me for like three days afterwards. Um, so and I am still dying to know what the fuck you were writing when we get there. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess the world's been waiting for almost 20 years for the cinematic adaptation of The Case for Christ. And we'll be damned if we're going to keep him waiting much longer. So we're going to keep the break brief. And when we come back, we'll report on all the stakeless thing doing that is The Case for Christ. From the makers of The Case for Christ comes a film. This is super important to me. About a man who didn't believe. I don't believe. Who learned to believe. Well... If I'm going to investigate, I'm going to do it the only way I know how. With investigation. Into whether or not Elvis is still alive. In the search for evidence. So you're telling me hundreds of people have seen Elvis after his death. Sometimes learning the truth. There's no question. Elvis died. 
I have his death certificate right here. And teach you the truth about learning. If you stacked all the people who have seen Elvis up on top of each other, they'd reach the moon. Uh, that is not true. Whatever, I'm going to find a fake historian who says it is. The case for Elvis. None of this is how learning stuff works. Mm, I have a board. <laughs> a little Rico chart. A little Jesus Rico chart. And we're back for the breakdown, and we're going to start this movie off with three production company logos, each of which made me happier than the last. We get Pure Flix, Triple Horse Studios, which is, I guess, you know, their way of saying the end is nigh, y'all, only one horse to go. And then Entertainment Cinema Motion Pictures. You guys are so not trying. Are you fucking kidding me? Movie words. Movie, movie, uh, film, screen, (laughs) makers, controller. (laughs) Then the movie opens and it opens on typing. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, I bet we're going to watch a lot of typing in this movie. Um, I was wrong. I was wrong. They tease you a little bit, but they make you wait for the typing. Yeah. That typing machine, whatever, that is terrifying. (laughs) He's going to get his arm caught in there like a combine. What the fuck? Couldn't wear a tie when you typed on those, no. No, was it sad to lose so many good writers to industrial (laughs) accidents? As a whole time I'm watching this fucking movie, I'm thinking back on the days where like you realize like six lines later that you made an error and you're like, fuck, I have to redo that whole page now. Uh, Yeah. Writer's block. (laughs) I I just actually don't want to die. I'm really worried about Getting mulched through my giant clickety clack machine, <laughs> or the letters going backwards and it punching me in the face with the strength of George Foreman. <laughs> you killed like the end of Fargo in that thing. Yeah. <laughs> and also, and, and we get a lot of the whole like, boy, were the 70s, 70s early and often in this movie, starting, of course, with uh, young Lee Strobel's mustache. Oh, oh yes. Beautiful. And by the way, this opening montage wants us to know Lee Strobel was the best reporter ever. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. He won all the reporter awards except the ones you've heard of, but all the other ones. Uh, also, I have a music note here, and this is going to be like my singular music note for the entire movie, I believe, which is bizarrely ominous. Right, like this movie, it had this like slasher, stalker, thriller, killer kind of a soundtrack the entire time when nothing, it was as though the goddamn soundtrack guy was doing it sarcastically to get fired. Yeah, there's a Freddy Krueger movie coming out in a year and a half that's all like, very confusing. Bunch of Christian rock behind it. It just got swapped out at the last minute. Okay, that would make a lot of fucking sense. So it's the, the basically the first thing that happens in this movie is that we see Lee Strobel getting promoted by his newspaper to legal affairs editor on account of that big Ford Pinto story. Right. And he brought his family to his in-office promotion. <laughs> thought he was going to make a fucking acceptance speech and like get played <laughs> off by an orchestra <laughs> off camera. <laughs> yeah, seemed like an odd one. Well, he did give a whole big speech, though. Mm hmm. Like to thank the Academy, et cetera. Right. And it's great because it's when news like didn't have to be going all the time. So like paper was out. Fuck it. Like next one's due tomorrow at six. We got all day. <laughs> yeah. Let's all have some cake. Yeah. So we get done with that. And then we go over to the restaurant where he's eating with his wife and his daughter. 
And I'm convinced that there's some weird karmic thing where every Christian movie the family has to eat in the same shitty Italian restaurant with the check tablecloths, like <laughs> part of a soul trading agreement. Yeah, could be, could be. <laughs> so, and this is where he, he has to bribe his daughter into eating more food. He says, I'll buy you a dessert. And that turns out to be a gumball. How 70s, <laughs> very 70s. To be fair, in modern day, a gumball costs $840. <laughs> so you got to understand. Yeah, no, that's a big deal. And of course, this only exists so that we can see that like the, the daughter is choking on the gumball. We have to have the daughter's choking scene. Pull her hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, so uh, a 70s nurse comes to the rescue. So yes. That, what could possibly go wrong there? I was expecting her to like hand the kid a cigarette and a martini and just be like, you're fine. Just cough <laughs> it out. You guys wait here. I'm going to drive her around with no seatbelt for like five minutes. She'll be good. <laughs> we'll, we'll, put her, we'll put her up in the uh, back window or something, tell her to take a nap. And of course, this lady will be the MBL of the film, the magical black lady. Bingo. Yeah, right, right. Early and often. But yeah, it, and the, the lady just basically picks up the daughter, pats her on the back, the gumball comes out and the daughter's fine. And I'm like, wow, what an important moment to record for posterity. You know, some interesting shit happened in this guy's life <laughs> when that time my daughter almost choked on a gumball makes it into the goddamn movie version of his biography. <laughs> well, it's super important because when the wife goes over to thank her, she's like, oh, yes. don't thank me. Jesus told me to eat at this particular Olive Garden. And I got to say, <laughs> someone could save my child's life. And if they said that afterwards, I'd have been like, off-putting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thanks, but like you're back to zero. You're for me right now. Just so you know. And you're like plus two, minus two. And what a weird statement. It's, she's saying basically like Jesus told her that God was going to try to choke a little girl to death, so nice. she had to go to this restaurant to fix that. What? <laughs> Just Dylan Roof's grandfather walks in. I was going to do this somewhere else, but <laughs> um, I got a message from... By, by the way, was Chicago doing miscegenated restaurants at this point? It was like, what, 19th? We'll ask Cecil. Yeah, well, <laughs> one of the best things about this movie is it's all 70s, 70s, except for the entirely miscegenated and non-racist cast. <laughs> the one thing that this movie wants to insist is like, oh, don't worry, 1970s Lee Strobel had a black boss, black <laughs> friends, that guy got convicted in no way had to do with race. It was just, you know, everybody got along with everybody back then. I guess you could say America was great again <laughs> back then. Well, and that's what's so amazing about it is that they're clearly trying to do this because there's sort of a obvious racist moment that makes its way into this film where Lee Strobel's actual like on the record racism kind of crops up so yeah yeah so they're, they're, I guess they're like pushing back early on that and also by the way the Heimlich maneuver fucks up our gene pool this is a dumbass kid she just tried to swallow a fucking gumball do we really need more genes from the Lee Strobel line anyway so now we cut to that night. The uh, They're putting the daughter to bed, and she's worried about, like, whether she can have gumballs anymore and what happens after she dies. You know, kid stuff. <laughs> yeah. and the, the little girl starts to say the word heaven, and dad's like, we do not use that word in this. We are atheists. <laughs> little girl. He's he's like fucking Willem from Mallrats. So we're like, there is no Easter bunny. It's just a guy in a suit. So weird. Do you think we're going to get to go to worm food? Do you mean worm food? <laughs> yeah. So and also because because the uh, little girl goes like, what do atheists believe? He's like, well, real things like 
tickles and he tickles her <laughs> tickles her which is going to come back in a great way oh way. <laughs> yeah well we and we well, we do believe in tickles as atheists i yeah I, I, that is correct anyway i i mean lots of people think i lost that debate to william lane craig but just to say <laughs> he tapped out first <laughs> i am challenging william lane craig to a tickle fight <laughs> <laughs> the loser donates the money to charity i would basically do anything to make that happen i mean up to and including kidnapping william lane craig hashtag william lane tickle fight (laughs) how do you score a tickle fight (laughs) all right so now they they put the daughter to bed they go to their room and mom is upset because he is forcing his atheism on their daughter yeah hey i thought we weren't gonna force the non-belief in claims without proof on our kids just like, no, we were going to let her believe in unicorns and leprechauns and invisible. Mo- Maybe there is a monster in her closet. I don't like this side of you. I don't like this side of you. No, nothing happens when you die. Nothing happens. <laughs> then there's this thing called munging, but it's fine because nothing happens when you die. Five-year-old girl. <laughs> and by the way, I would love to crazy billionaire remake this movie where she gets saved by a Muslim nurse and the woman's like, oh, no, Allah. And she's like, great. Thank you. Thank you. You want a fucking tip? <laughs> so now we go to uh, to his work where he apparently works for Spider-Man's boss. Mm-hmm. Danny Glover. No, not Danny Glover. <laughs> um, it's Danny Glover. <laughs> it was the guy who played Barney from uh, Silence of the Lambs. Riggs. No, not not him Pop at all. from Luke Cage, I think. I got a bomb <laughs> on my dick, Riggs. <laughs> <laughs> and so Spider-Man's boss doesn't give two shits about the fact that Lee Strobel just got promoted and has a different job title and everything. He still wants him to write news stories, which is still his job, I guess. Which would be a bad way to run a newspaper. It's like, I don't care that you got a promotion, Riggs. You're still going to work traffic duty. Was, well, wait, now who's going to do my job? Everybody, everybody's on traffic duty. Now get out of this straitjacket, Riggs. Yeah, the, the whole scene is just the theme is like, atheists are so annoying at the office. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Like, he might as well be stealing someone's lunch from the fridge while he's reading Mein Kampf. Just mumbling. Hitler's actually an atheist. That's true. I'm going to steal this sandwich. Well, you know, that was another one of those, like, that was like a tempting best worst for me was like best worst effort at making the atheist unlikable. Because, I mean, you know, obviously, like, we've seen way worse atheists in movies like the Kevin Sorbo and God's Not Dead and stuff like that. But, like, this was supposed to be the hero and nothing that he was doing within the movie was, like, you know, like, or nothing pertinent to the plot made him an asshole. So they just had to keep adding things in like that. You know, like every time he talked to a Christian, he's like, so you're stupid little fairy tale religion, huh? Let me, let me, let me ask you about that. So <laughs> yeah. He just keeps wandering across puppies that he keeps kicking. <laughs> <laughs> right, basically. Yeah. Russell, bitch. <laughs> also, I want to point this out very quickly. We meet Rod here, who's like the Jimmy Olsen of this uh, movie. And I only point that out because... I don't know that a named character has ever meant less to a movie. I didn't know he was a named character. Well, yeah, no, he, he's he, yeah. he gets two whole scenes. Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, yeah, okay. and he won a fucking contest or something online. <laughs> uh, so then we cut over to Leslie, who is uh, bringing the nurse Alfie, the one that saved the daughter, some muffins as a thank you. A muffin is a terrible gift, by the way. <laughs> that is not yeah. a thank you present. It's like here you go, have an oh, afternoon yeah. uncomfortable shit. Yeah, right. Thought you might be constipated, <laughs> so I made you these. 
But this is where Alfie sort of introduces her to the whole concept of Jesusing and whatnot. And she actually utters this line because the, you know, the, the wife goes, what if you hadn't been there? And Alfie says, there is no what if with God. Ugh. I wanted to see that get tested, though. Just like, OK, but what if shh, okay, just, please stop touching my lip? That's weird. What if shh, what's happening? I just wrote my notes like God should get himself a spreadsheet program. You know, <laughs> and for, by the way, for the record, she's not espousing Christianity. She's espousing hard determinism here. Right. I wanted the wife to just because she believes everything else this character says to just be like, oh, my God, where are my legs taking me? <laughs> <laughs> there is no self. I am a puppet in his evil game. <laughs> Um, but the key here is this is where she agrees to go to church with Alfie. And, you know, we, we go to them at church where, wouldn't you know it, they're doing a sermon about finding Jesus in a child's throat. Yep. Old timey mega church. Side note that doesn't matter to anyone but me. The priest at this mega church looks exactly like 1970s pictures of my dead father. So that was upsetting. Oh, wow. was, let me say, yeah, if you wow. uh, if you haven't seen your dad in three and a half years and then he appears 20 years younger in a Christian movie, it's it's a shock. I'll tell you right away. So this is why you're atheist. I get it. <laughs> you guys will understand that in a minute. Spoilers. We'll get there. We'll get there right after the uh, second interstitial. So, so then Lee comes home. He says to his wife, how was your day, honey? And she says, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I changed religions. You know, the usual. <laughs> you're going to hell. Great. Great. I stole a sandwich. <laughs> Fridge. Because I'm atheist. I don't, I don't have morals. It's fine. <laughs> exactly, no exactly. Morality. That puppy was in my way. Also, okay, so they have this weird through story that that is more interesting than the movie, I guess, but still not interesting about him investigating this police shooting uh, as 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 you know part of his reporter job. So we get a quick scene about that, sort of like an in the background thing where he goes to visit the the cop that got shot who asks him to like, write a new story that avenges him. Mm -hmm. And we should point out at this point that there is some conjecture that this part of the movie is Lee Strobel rewriting the single most embarrassing part of his real career. Mm -hmm. We're not making any claims. We're just saying if I, Eli, were a racist reporter who assumed a black guy shot a cop and then new evidence came out and I had to write a front page retraction when they made the story of my life. I would also make it about a cop tricking me with a super best friend handshake. I'm just saying, I'm not saying not making any claims. I'm sure the movie's 100% accurate. Just oh, saying yes. yeah, when we sure. make the Eli Bosnick biography, I will be nice to everybody in high school. It's going to be a really long title. <laughs> It's going to be an insanely long. The book's going to be the title. It's fine. Yeah, right, right. No. So, okay. So now we get Leslie going back to church again, that bitch, and uh, chatting with Alfie afterwards. And there's this great moment where she's like, well, what does Lee believe in? And I wanted her so badly to start tickling. Hey, tickle, tickle, tickle. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly okay, sure I'm an atheist now, too. <laughs> Does he believe in the clit? Just the facts. <laughs> Alfie, black lady, you scamp. <laughs> clit. And well, and then, of course, this is where Alfie tells her that, like, you know, she doesn't believe in coincidence. And I'm like, OK, well, there's a character we can stop taking seriously forever. Right. Really? Like what? 
What other dimensions do you not believe in? <laughs> With this for suckers. <laughs> what? I also don't believe in things happening at the same time. Really? None? None? <laughs> Never. Ready? Three, two, four, one. Four. Nope. See, it was already opposite. I win. <laughs> Also, why are they having this conversation in a car? If the black lady didn't sell her drugs, there's no reason for two full-grown adults to sit in a car together. It's the not car moving, is moving, yeah. You stop the car, you exit the car, or someone sells someone else in the car drugs. These are the basic rules of human behavior. <laughs> so one through three, yeah, exactly. So now we get Leslie getting home uh, where she has to tell Lee all about all the new Jesus um, but I have to point this out because like at the beginning of the scene, they have to have some banter or whatever. And it's supposed to be like, oh, you remember the days Lee says to her, it's like, hey, we're going to have to call the repair guy about the TV again. It's on the fritz. I'm like, that was there was never that was ne was that a thing? I don't think that oh, was a thing. so good. It's <laughs> just a list of 1970s problems. Just, yeah, got to fix the TV and de-ice the refrigerator and it <laughs> Bury our thalidomide, baby. I don't know, man. It's just, <laughs> stuff sucked now. <laughs> and then, of course, Leslie has to give him the I jesus on you while you were at work speech. Yeah. He, and he responds so violently. It's oh. so She's like, yeah, um, I told Jesus uh, I want him in my life. Whore! Slutty, slutty, slut, slut, whore. She, he gets, <laughs> and that's the rest of the movie is him thinking she's a whore for liking Jesus. Oh, he yeah. is so pissed. I wrote as a joke, I was at church and found Jesus. Was he bigger than me? But that will actually be the conflict of this movie. Uh, pretty much, yes. Yeah, and I love to because like they can't even make up atheist words for him to say, right? Like they, you know, he's she tells him that she's religious now, and they can't even figure out what an atheist could say if he was angry about that. You know, he's like, "Well, I don't like the God's did not. I'm angry. I hate my dad." Wait in the Tr truck. We're we're home. We're, we're in. The, we don't have a truck. Say one more word <laughs> about Jesus. Say, dare you? He literally says, "I can't accept it." Like, the, he's going to filibuster her religious <laughs> yeah, beliefs. Right. <laughs> then put in a new God when he gets elected. But her response was so amazing. She goes, uh, and she says to him, like, look, I felt when I was at church, I felt something more real than anything ever. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, women don't have orgasms, Leslie. Grow up. <laughs> Come on. But seriously, the, the most real thing yes. she's ever felt, like, Name some medium real things you felt. <laughs> what, where, how does this fucking scale work? What? Yeah, that's the kind of thing smart people say about things that exist. <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> but of course, Lee just has to get out of here. So we cut to him drinking in some empty, lonely honky tonk. <laughs> There's always they always find an empty bar right away. I want to see one movie just show the depressed guy like. Going into like busy TGI Fridays, and being pissed. <laughs> Everybody's loud, trying to like sell them like mozzarella sticks and shit. Twenty <laughs> first birthday party right next to him or something. That would be awesome. Yeah, um, shots. Oh, God damn it. I, was, I was actually really just hoping to do a moody thing. Shots. <laughs> do shots with us. I'm dating a podcaster. <laughs> But of course, the key is for this scene is that we have to understand that her Jesusing 
is a fucking existential crisis for this guy. I mean, so much so that he like he comes home from the bar and then we get the like he can't sleep that night. He's like looking at his wife's body, checking for stigmata or something. I wanted him to wake her up and be like, I could I could pretend to be Jesus. Is that what you want? Is that what you want? Tell me what you want. I'll do it for you. <laughs> she wakes up. He's all covered in blood, strapped to a giant cross. Is this what you want? <laughs> And let's let's not ignore here. The undercurrent of this is, God forbid anyone not want to share their wife's relationship with Snuffleupagus. <laughs> right? That'd be crazy. Come home, my wife's talking about Steven Universe. I just start doing shots. Oh, God, it's a kid show. I don't care about it that much. <laughs> now, also, okay, so now we have to meet... What atheist Hannibal Lecter here, the guy he goes to, his atheist mentor who pronounces Bertrand Russell like someone sounding it out for the first time right there on screen. <laughs> You've read Bertrand Rus Rus Russell, Ruslay? Ruslay? <laughs> the guy from the chips. Oh, it's such a good character. The wise old like atheist ninja. Yeah, right. He goes back to a few times like, yeah. Try and snatch this Bertrand Russell book. Got it. <laughs> it's a, it's a, okay, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. It's a, it's a book. I have it. It's, it's really, you could, how would you close your hand around it? <laughs> and look, we come across this kind of stuff a lot in Christian movies, but it's been a while. Why Bertrand Russell, right? No one who had read Bertrand Russell would be convinced by the things the characters in this movie are convinced by, right? There have to be worst sources of atheism for you to use aside from Bertrand fucking Russell, right? You had to, couldn't you have just been like, I don't know, Nietzsche, right? Nietzsche is not a great, like, super well-defined perfect source of logical atheism. Fuck you, sir. It, you and uh, I shall never speak again. Uh, that's pretty solid stuff, too. Yeah. It's, but Nazi. it's not as good as Bertrand Russell. It's he, not was as not as no, he was not he a was, Nazi. He, he, wanted to, he wanted to fuck his sister, but he, he was not a Nazi. He hated the Nazis. Um, he was crazy sexist misogynist we can give him that i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm i you, you start talking shit on nietzsche and i'm gonna we're, we're I, that, that's gonna derail this conversation faster than asking <laughs> me what i thought of the fucking water blight ganon fight um <laughs> but no but i get your point like they always go straight to the best we've got and then they're like but we have uh john lennox so right, the other thing is like russell's whole thing is about evidence and the way we evaluate evidence and the idea of making a positive claim versus trying to disprove a positive claim. That's a tremendous amount of Russell's work, right? And then the rest of this movie is, it's basically like Dr. Seuss hop on pop and the rest of this movie is hop on what? Like it's just, just use a different guy. Also not chess. <laughs> not, not, not chess at all. And, and also, Russell's teapot concept literally just ruins this whole movie's argument. Yeah. Just right there. Just that. Right. Enough. Right. Exactly. And I love, too, because he, go, he goes to the mentor guy and he's like, hey, how do I un-Jesus my wife? And and the first thing that the atheist mentor says is, well, I can tell you how to do that, but are you sure you really want that? I mean, I'm an atheist, but even I'll admit that Christians are way better people than us. Wouldn't you rather she stayed Christian? <laughs> right. Fuck you. What? But eventually, like, the mentor's idea is, well, just disprove Jesus. That'll do the trick, because you know how them Christians, when they're confronted with evidence, normally, yeah, all right. And I wanted them so badly to get as specific as this movie have to, like, oh, so just, like, disprove the existence of a miracle? No, no, no. No, no, no. Disprove the idea that a guy 
could be killed in a crucifixion. Wait, what does that have to do with my wife's religion? (laughs) (laughs) Well, disprove that it could be written down anyway. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. And okay, so and now we go to the the other guy who's going to be like his his sounding board in this movie, which is the Christian guy that he works with that he's a complete dick to constantly. Yeah. He is nothing but mean to this character throughout the film. His first line is, hey, man, you're a fucking idiot, right? <laughs> <laughs> the actual line is, you're into all this God nonsense. Wow. Yeah. Even we don't start conversations like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nobody does. And it turns into this weird JFK thing all of a sudden. He's like, hey, man, I'm trying to investigate Jesus. And the guy's like, just walk away, Lee. Walk <laughs> away. <laughs> So weird. powerful people Just cut over to like Earl Warren and God loading sniper rifles in the next building. What's <laughs> happening here? God fires an actual magic bullet. This will fuck with him for years. <laughs> but yeah, so the, but he asked his coworker, he's like, you know, what would it take for, you know, to make you stop believing in Christianity? And the coworker says, this is a quote, be careful, Lee. What if you end up disproving your theories of science and reason instead? All right. Listen to yourselves, Christianity. Own that fucking sentence. Admit right up front that that is the opposite of disproving your religion. Disproving science and reason in your own fucking movie. What if hands don't exist? They exist. What if they don't? They exist. What if they they prove that they don't? I don't know. Yeah. I feel oh, like no, no, no. feel like I'm gonna have a lot of these conversations for the next ninety minutes. Oh, you are, you are. Why are so, there still gloves? That doesn't even make any sense. What are you talking about? So yes, yeah, but the coworker suggests that he goes after the resurrection because if you can disprove the resurrection, because you know how you can disprove things like that. You can anyway. He starts him off by giving him a book by Gary Habermas. That is. A theology professor at Liberty University. So on the one hand, we've had Bertrand <laughs> Russell, like like arguably the smartest person alive at the time he was alive. On the other hand, we have Gary Habermas, who Google was pretty sure I was misspelling. Jesus. And man, this, this movie outdoes itself because... Th- Habermas is the probably most reliable source. We just get crazier and crazier in the yes. people he's interested. By the end, I thought he was just going to take him into an alley and an old guy is just like writing with chalk with both hands, the word God backwards and forwards <laughs> at the same time. All right, I guess he's the one to answer your questions. Let me talk to you for a minute. <laughs> I love that your crazy homeless person impression and your Tom impression are exactly the same. <laughs> Have you ever seen a homeless person and Tom in the same room? (laughs) (laughs) So, so Lee, so he sends Lee to, uh, to Wisconsin where Gary Habermas is, is debating some atheist dude, British atheist. Yep. And he just starts talking in smart British guy talking words. And literally our theater starts like hissing and (laughs) spitting at him. They were so mad. (laughs) It's like that part in Rocky Horror. Yeah, they're throwing shit at the screen. <laughs> and and the point that we're supposed to capture at the end of this debate, which will make up a tremendous amount of this movie, is <laughs> I'm afraid you'll find that there's quite a bit of history that disagrees with you, my Christian friend. <laughs> oh, yeah? Why would people start lying right away? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's a big part of their argument. That's a huge part of their argument, yeah. <laughs> 
I'm the- orange, and people will continue to say I'm orange. Does that make it true? Holy fuck, that guy's orange. <laughs> yeah, this movie, amazing. It, it, it proves the Iliad. It proves Roswell and the aliens and shit. It's amazing how, anyway. Yeah, so after the debate, Strobel catches up with Habermas. And this is the first of a number of like experts that they're going to wheel out to say increasingly insane shit. But this one is the key, right? Because he, he, his argument is you can't disagree with Jesus's resurrection because so many people saw him after he died. Elvis was dead at this point. I'm just want to. I'm, I'm going to toss that out. This is late seventies again. Elvis, <laughs> Elvis Presley. Like, there's so many. This is such a bad argument. Also. It addresses the main problem with Strobel and this whole school of apologetics, the like disprove, like there's so many sources for the crucifixion thing. Again, the problem isn't whether or not an Arabic guy got nailed to a piece of wood. It's, it, whether or not that happened is relatively irrelevant. It's the him coming magically back to life part <laughs> we take key. issue with. Right? <laughs> Again, so, so the, and they address that at this point in the movie. He goes, well, what about the miracle? He goes, I don't need to prove the miracle. And he's like, wait, why? And he's like, go fuck yourself. That's why. <laughs> fuck you right in the face. And this will be the key that the entire rest of the argument in this movie relies on. Habermas tells him at this point, he's like, 500 people saw Jesus alive after his death. According, according to one guy, according to one guy, though, like he acts as though there were 500 separate testimonials that were cobbled together of different people who said <laughs> one guy says that 500 people saw Jesus. The other gospels disagree with that guy. <laughs> also, twins, fucking twins. You know why? Because twins are real. There's twins walking around right the fuck now. Or There's just no, similar looking guys. There are no reanimated people walking around. None. <laughs> we have a 0% reanimation rate and we have a fair amount of fucking twins. Yeah, greater than zero. Yeah, exactly. What, what does the evidence look like for the 500 people? He just takes out like 500 papyrus selfie with Jesus drawings, little <laughs> sketches. Like, what? By the way, if you do out the math, then Elvis actually got resurrected like hundreds of times. Yeah, right? no, for sure. Well, also, and he says at one point, he's like, some of these reports came from only months after the resurrection. Like, you have secret stuff you're not sharing with, because the other historians would love to see whatever the fuck you're talking about, because not a single goddamn historical record that anyone recognizes in the world came from fucking, talked about Jesus months after the crucifixion. 500 people drew Jesus really, really small. You can't see him. Only I was able to see him, and I drew them out small, but in large. You have to so look in go. my hat with this rock. Yeah. We used to have laser cutting for coins. <laughs> and we should point out the movie does a lot of this sneaking that bullshit in. Like they'll make a big, relatively well-known apologetic claim and then sneak in absolute bullshit underneath it. They'll be like, no one could survive the crucifixion. And by the way, his hands were healed. Uh, so what we're saying <laughs> here is like, look, if you're hung, everyone died from a crucifixion. Look at it. You can't. You have to do a pull up. And those are tiring. <laughs> you can't do a pull up. You can't yeah, so, birth to a rabbit. You can't. Well, you're gonna pull the weight of your body up above a bar. <laughs> Fuck off. But yeah, I want to point out that like the entire rest of this movie is going to be spent disingenuously trying to explain away these 500 witnesses without ever admitting that 
it was just one guy saying there were 500 witnesses, right? That is like, again, that's the core question of this film. Um, and now we, we cut away from this uh, conversation with Habermas for just a second. I want, I want to get back to it because there's some more great apologetics there. But we have to cut back for just a second to see his, his wife having the bad pregnance. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so and we just see that very quickly. You know, she's in the kitchen where wives are supposed to be. Exactly. And, yeah. And then we get back to the Habermas discussion so that this guy can start talking about things that were written, you know, centuries after. It, look, again, they just talked about yeah, there were things written months after the resurrection. And now they're talking about things that were written hundreds of years afterwards. They have not clued in the audience that we've switched. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> this is also where we learn that uh, Gary Habermas had a cancer wife. Mm -hmm. and, and Lee Strobel's still an atheist now. So he just jumps all over this. He's like, cancer wife, cancer wife, unobjective, cancer wife. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this, the 1970s version of that's not an argument. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, well, but, but what they're trying to deal with there is like, you know, it, saying like, if I want, you know, if you want to find the truth, you know, can a, a Christian really be objective here? And they have no answer for that. You know, he's just like, well, I really want gravity to be true. And it is. Okay. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> I was very confused by this part. Do I, do I have this right? The argument from Habermas is, yeah, I had a cancer wife, but I... I benefit from gravity and mosquito bites are itchy. Therefore, God <laughs> or that what? And, and what this is actually sneakily saying is, hey, man, how come I can't find any non-Christians that are willing to ignore the vast amount of shit you're willing to ignore? Mm hmm. <laughs> Because right. it's true. The answer is because it's well, true. Because, because anyone who looked into that would wind up a Christian, obviously. <laughs> also, I love at one point he's it, Lee points out to him. He's like, OK, but all of these witnesses that you're talking about um, were were Christians, right? Like all of the people who wrote anything down. Yes. Uh, and, and he goes, well, what about Paul of Tarsus? And I'm like, you mean the guy who founded the religion of Christianity? That guy, basically, <laughs> the guy who invented the religion. Yeah, that that guy. But he was he didn't he wasn't born a Christian. That wouldn't have been possible. No, I guess it wouldn't have been. <laughs> would it have been? I just love that scene so much oh, when okay. he's like, "What about the Apostle Paul? Did you just use the word apostle? I did. I did. I, did say, <laughs> I feel I said the guy I who feel wrote silly most of the. Uh, yeah, my bad. But my he bad. says that he persecuted christians first any other source for that except for him before he started the religion no 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 <laughs> no any reference no, 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 no. to uh christians at all and it, no but, but you know they could have been there yeah and we also get the die for a lie <laughs> argument here you know he, he busts out the whole but would these people have died for something they knew to be a lie and i'm like that happens all the fucking time all the time liars that's what all yeah, the time that die yeah yeah, no, I mean, I can see, I have gotten myself webbed into lies where I'm just like, God, Jesus, I'm going to have to die for this eventually. I'm going to have to, <laughs> I'm going to have to sacrifice myself to probably, to come, yeah, no, I mean, that's, it, it, that's such a disingenuous bullshit argument. Like, oh yeah, remember those guys that, uh, you know, castrated themselves and killed themselves so they could get on a spaceship? That must be true too, huh? Well, and they even bring up Jonestown. They bring up Jonestown and he's like, I mean, no one would lie for something that they know isn't true. And it's like, or, you know, you're part of a big group and there's groupthink. It's, we've actually studied this shit. It's not necessarily about like each member of Jonestown was pulled separately aside and be like, hey, man, you're Hundo P on this, right? It's just like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I didn't want to be last in line. They were going to run out of cake or... 
Kool-Aid as the case may be. <laughs> so, yeah, so we wrap up the the Habermas conversation. Then he's on his way home. He gets an emergency page. So, <laughs> 70s. Yeah. And his pager says 911. I, I really wanted him to just rush to a payphone and call back 911. <laughs> you paged me? No, you called, you called us emergency. Lee, how are you? There's only four of us now because it's the 1970s. And we don't help black people at this point in history. What's going on? You see Sunday's game? Do you think we'll ever need pads for football? <laughs> so, but yeah, but his wife apparently had the baby while he was fucking around in Wisconsin. He went to a mythicism debate out of town over his wife's due date. Is what happened. <laughs> He's like, I'm the ultimate 70s atheist dad. It's crazy. <laughs> the only reason to skip your wife's due date is ReasonCon. There you go. <laughs> exactly. And they're not even doing a debate at ReasonCon. This movie makes no sense. <laughs> now, but the key to this scene isn't that now there's a child that is also going to play a part in this movie because we're basically never going to acknowledge this kid again. The, the key to this scene is that when he gets to the hospital, the daughter's there and she says, mommy felt bad, but we prayed and it was all better. And I just yeah. want to point out that this is only evidence for the existence of God if the person saying it is dead, right? I mean, the daughter was alive when they were atheists. Also, uh, need to point out, in my theater, the response to that was, aw, except for my wife, whose response was, ha, way too loudly and everyone in the theater all four black ladies turned to us and realized we were heathens watching this movie ironically and we felt their icy slash hot glares on us throughout the rest of the movie got shushed by four black ladies in a movie theater well my wife is already playing hungry shark at full volume in the middle of the theater this okay, was fair. just icing on the cake <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Honey, you want to turn that? No, I don't. Can you hear it? <laughs> you, you need, you need to get her a switch, man. You really should get her a switch. Um, and of course, this is where we have to introduce the fact that Lee doesn't care much for his dad. That's going to be pivotal to this film. Um, so they bring their new kid home, and the and the wife's like, "You should, should you call your parents?" She's like, "Fuck it." They get the newspaper. It says that we had a kid in the newspaper. Fuck him. What an atheist. We also get a great scene of him uh, creating the sweet hair helmet of the 1970s, which is why we have no ozone layer. Thanks, Noah. <laughs> yeah. He managed to go over the top 70s with the aerosol kit. Like, he might as well be spraying a polar bear in the eye and just laughing about it. <laughs> but I'm a Christian like you. I just, I want to point out that I probably had the lowest per capita Aquanet usage of the entire 1980s in all of America. I'm, That's still like a BP Gulf spill word. No, it is. Aquanet. It is. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. So now we, he makes his little Jesus office where he puts up his little Jesus Rico chart. Oh, it's great. And he's setting up a, like a basement office. It's like the snow cabin in Rocky Four. Yes, he's yes. Like uh -huh. Running tiny little laps around this tiny little office with like a spool of yarn on his back. <laughs> like a box of push pins. Doing sit-ups, tacking little pieces of paper to a cork board. Yeah, as every time he sits he's, up, every, he yeah, puts one course, more every fact time he sits on up, there. Yeah. <laughs> I love to, on his big Jesus board, the first thing he writes, fact one, 500 people saw Jesus after the crucifixion and circles it really fucking big. It's like, well, we're not, not going to verify. That's our starting position, huh? But then later in the montage, it's like, sit up two, three, four, and he gets like extra facts at a time. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing one-handed push-ups while typing with the other hand. No, yeah, exactly, exactly. 
meanwhile, he's also still doing this cop shooting uh, thing. So and nobody will talk to him about it. So now he goes to the prison to talk with the alleged shooter. And again, I just want to say, if I, Eli, were a racist reporter and I were retelling the story, I would write in a part of the movie where the black guy was super duper unhelpful. And that's why I accused him of shooting a cop. Because he was a real negative Nancy. Real jerk face. And keep in mind, I had no idea how this actually played out in the movie when I wrote this. I just wrote, you know, the 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 alleged shooter goes, I didn't do anything. And I wrote in Lee goes, are you sure? Because you are black. Yeah. And that's, uh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, but yeah, the alleged shooter, that's Hicks, uh, doesn't want to help him. And again, this movie tells the story, like, he's like, so wait, tell me the story. I'm a reporter who's being totally responsible. Well... I, a black man, had a gun. I threw it into the bushes with one bullet missing. I'll let you make any conclusions you want. <laughs> there is no bias behind whatever you conclude. Look, I don't know much, but I know that whatever you concluded is based entirely on the evidence I just gave you. <laughs> also, I'm a gang member. Ooh. <laughs> and if you're wondering, by the way, how they're going to tie this into the larger movie, just just keep in mind that you're wondering about that. When we finally get to that moment, keep in mind that you've been wondering about that the whole time. Were they going for a metaphor with the Jesus? I like don't. My, a lot of my notes are trying to figure out, like smash a metaphor into there. <laughs> and I don't, I don't do well with it. They don't either. I don't, I don't know what moment you're talking about when they tie this together. Let me know when that happens. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it's I, so good. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Um, and it's terrible. It's terrible. It's like they might as well have just said, yeah, well, I had to kind of like, uh, you know, sugarcoat this part of my life if we were going to talk about it in the movies. <laughs> Somebody was going to bring it up later. So, yeah. <laughs> this part's just so it's like. And then this dude, Occam, showed up with a box cutter and he killed the cop. Maybe. <laughs> My gun was fired once and in the bushes with my prince, but maybe it was the Occam's box cutter. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know it wasn't. So the next morning, we get him getting ready, brushing his teeth, and just long enough to see that his wife has left him a little God loves you note on the right. mirror. God loves you and so do I. And since he's still an atheist, I wanted him to write like, God says I can slap the shit out of you and just post it over the top of that on the mirror. And like, there. How do you like that? You're not allowed to teach me shit, lady. I read <laughs> Timothy. and But now this is where his investigation takes him to the church, the scene of the crime. This um, is the best scene. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So, and this is, okay, the, the, the title of this scene might as well be historical documents. How do we know they're true? And he does the thing that Christians love to do where they conflate textual criticism, you know, the, the, the process by which we find out, like, when something was written with how we determine if that thing was true. Mm -hmm. Hey, what would be the worst example one could use to prove <laughs> a document was based on a true story? Um, what about if stacking the copies of those things and comparing the heights? That's that is pretty scientific. I might, uh, but is there like a really, really definably untrue story that also is really old and has a bunch of copies that we could compare it to? Like with what? a with a cyclops perchance. 
Yes, he basically, the argument he makes totally straight-faced is, well, you know, there are even more copies in the New Testament than the Iliad. How could it not be true? You know, that story about the guy who almost it, makes it home and then he opens a bag of wind and gets blown yeah. back to start like fucking shoots and ladders. Was it? Is the Bible four times as true? It has four times as many copies as the Iliad. So is it four times as true? What? It's extra true. So, yeah, the, the Iliad's true. <laughs> the Bible's extra true, like hundreds of feet truer. <laughs> the Bible is. I'm just saying, we have a golden opportunity. 5,843 copies of the Bible. We on this podcast can make Diatribes Volume 2 way more true than the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon.com. Help us out here, people. Now, okay, I want to point out that in order for this argument to be relevant, it would have to be that atheists were arguing that the New Testament was never written. That would have to be the, that's the only thing that this argument could refute. Did, did I miss something? Did Lee Strobel like walk in and yell, the Bible was never written at the beginning of the scene? Is that how it started? <laughs> I don't understand. And it's so obviously aimed at confusing people who don't know the difference, right? Like it's so intellectually dishonest. There are times when you read apologetics and you're like, all right, you're doing your best to wiggle out. And then there are times that are like, yeah, but the ring doesn't have a hole. Can I see it? No, this one's mine. <laughs> this one's mine. Really? I can see this ring, but not the other ring. No, this one's not for just, me. No, <laughs> I think your ring has right a hole here. <laughs> so also, by the way, did this scene just prove that, J.K. Rowling is a demigod? Is that, <laughs> is that what happened? Also, Mao Zedong? Yeah, oh yeah. God's like six times more powerful than Mao Zedong is what this movie just told us. <laughs> also, Mathematically. as if this wasn't already dumb enough... Would you rather fight one God-sized Mao Zedong <laughs> or six Mao Zedong-sized gods? Hold on, does Mao Zedong get a Ditka or does he have to... <laughs> He's got a full-size kicker. Full-size full size kicker. kicker? Yeah. So, and also, they... As if this scene wasn't already dumb enough, they bust out the goddamn Shroud of Turin during this scene. <laughs> Why would you Why? bring up the Shroud of Turin? That's Why? absolutely proven to be fake. Not before this like this movie was set, but before this movie was made. <laughs> they might yeah. as well cut to like Planned Parenthood selling fetus tacos out of a food <laughs> truck right here. Like, what are you guys doing? And okay, but but then I love it at, at the very end of the scene, Lee asked the big question, which is basically why would Jesus get, if, if he was God, why would Jesus get crucified when he could have just used force push? That's what I wrote. I wrote, why didn't Jesus just use force push? <laughs> <laughs> and the answer? Uh, love. 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 It's because he loved us too much to use force push. <laughs> use force pull. Yeah, there you go. And now it's time for a <laughs> learning about Jesus montage <sighs> featuring Payphones, cutoffs, and typing. Music note, Noah is in a band. <laughs> <laughs> Noah was in Kansas. Yes. The Wayward Son. Yeah, no. Very, yeah, little on the nose, wasn't very it? Very clever movie, <laughs> Wayward Son. It's not even the story. Whatever. It's, those no, are just it's, the words from a Bible thing. It's so stupid. <laughs> I wanted more Rocky stuff here, by the way, too, during this montage. Just like flashbacks of like typing next to Mr. T really hard and like. <laughs> Making a giant stairway of Bibles and running up it. Yeah, jumping yeah at the there top. you go. Chasing around a chicken with a little rabbinical cap on. <laughs> <laughs> Just swinging it around by the neck until it chokes. <laughs> 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 
Moshi Moshi, come up to the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's it late that it's 2.37 a.m. She wakes up. He's still not in bed. So she goes downstairs to check on him. And it, but now keep in mind, she at this point doesn't know he's doing his Jesus investigation, right? He hasn't right. told her about that. So he has to like hide his Jesus notes and right. everything. But it very clearly, the Tootsie Pop commercial is on the TV. And because he scrambles yeah. to put everything <laughs> away, it very clearly looks like he's jerking off to a Tootsie Pop commercial. <laughs> and I get that struggle. I do. How many strokes does it take to get to the end of a Tootsie Roll Pop commercial? Oh, Mr. Yeah. Owl. <laughs> Well, the kid's naked. I mean, they obviously want you anyway. Yeah. Three. So, but they're really playing up the whole, like, he's jealous of Jesus thing in this scene. This is where they have their yelly fight. It's such a great jealous. Like, he's like, why do you smell like fish in Judaism? Are you cheating on me with Jesus? (laughs) (laughs) What's what's this in your purse? It's a a cracker. A piece of his dick? Is this a piece of his dick? (laughs) What part of his body? It was say... Yeah, and of course he's drinking beer like an atheist. Right, and she's like, are you drunk again? And he's like, don't judge me, I live in a loft. <laughs> deep, Lofts deep nice. cut right there. <laughs> so so she goes upstairs and prays, because apparently they didn't have closets back in the 70s. Who the fuck knew? But then his editor's saying like, hey man, you're slacking on your work, you know, whatever it is you're working on, it's taken away from the cop shooting thing. But then he has to go because he's got a phone call from William Lane Craig. William Lane Craig. And of course, he's in Jerusalem because he's so legit. And like all offices in Jerusalem, you can see the Dome of the Rock out of his fucking window. Just like, you know, when you're in St. Louis, you can see the arch from all the windows. It's like that. Can you not? Yeah, no, of course. They don't you all can. face it, inward? It shows this. every window. <laughs> And all of New York City is just a giant circle around the Empire State Building. It's <laughs> yes, very exactly. hard to navigate. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty easy to be a circle. Well, you know, yeah, right, right, exactly. Now, okay, so what they're gonna they're gonna trot out a series of experts, Bill Craig being one of them, to to, to like basically to tackle different arguments people may have about the resurrection of of Jesus and whether it's true. Bill Craig apparently is here to tackle the what if Jesus was fed to dogs theory? <laughs> this is a weird one. And so the argument takes the proximate form like this. It's like, Lisa was like, hey, maybe dogs ate Jesus. And Bill Craig's like, did they? Did they? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It says just like five minutes of that. <laughs> so stupid. So, ugh. Well, and th- doesn't this really just get to the heart, like it's in a very stupid roundabout way, doesn't this really get to the heart of how dumb their arguments are? Because it's like, okay, but even if you're right, this is all based on the fact that his body wasn't in the tomb. And here's a half dozen reasons why there would not be a body in the tomb, you know? But yeah, and, and also Bill Craig's only fucking argument back is, uh, well, right, but maybe he wasn't also. Right. Maybe he so. wasn't. And then he brings up the contradictions about the women, like how many women were there, which women were there. And he's like, no, 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 no. Because nobody would lie about women because women weren't real back then. <laughs> okay, this is a this is an apologetic you hear an awful lot. And it's insane, right? Because they're saying like, well, if they just made up the story, they wouldn't have made it women finding the tomb. They would have made it men finding the tomb because women were considered unreliable witnesses. Just look at the laws, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> The the argument from bitches be tripping. It doesn't matter who finds an empty tomb. That's nothing. That's literally, that's nothing. That's not an evidence. That's just 
there's an empty tomb. Well, right, right, exactly. It's not like only women reported seeing him afterwards. We have 500 people who saw him afterwards. And then we get my favorite moment of the movie where he goes, well, I mean, the contradictions are there. Like, we agree the contradictions are there. And William Crane goes, yeah, but don't you know that when police interview someone, if all of their stories are different, but it's like kind of the same, (laughs) that's how they know it's true consistency is suspicious (laughs) yeah it's such a weird theory like so therefore whenever witnesses tell all different stories then all the stories are true the first one is Matthew (laughs) you can't even form that idea with words very easy I had a lot of trouble like what well, okay, but so th- this is the argument that because obviously it's really hard to miss, you know, the gigantic contradictions within the fucking Bible and key shit that's contradicted. So what they try to say, yes, yes, but the core of the story is the same. Just like if we all witnessed a traffic accident, we would all get some of the details wrong and everything. And they try to downplay that, like some of these details are like whether or not he was born of a virgin, what city he was from, what city he was born in, who didn't didn't try to kill him, you know, like when did he die? What were his last words big fucking deal kind of shit but craig's argument is well if everybody had the exact same story it would be a little unbelievable right now i want to tackle specifically what he says about the cops right because he's like well if cops interview a bunch of witnesses and their stories are exactly the same they find that suspicious and i'm like well what do the cops do when they find out for sure that um each of the witnesses was copying off the last one (laughs) how much veracity do we then give to their testimony or Like, look, if we all saw a car crash and some of the stories involved the car turning inside out into Bumblebee and (laughs) blasting off into space, we wouldn't be like, I don't know, guys, like the four of them all agree Bumblebee was there. I think we would instead be interested in the possibility of Bumblebee. Not how many people say they saw Bumblebee (laughs) specifically. (laughs) Yes. And of course, Craig also gives him like, you know, you can't handle the truth moment at the end of this conversation. Mm -hmm. And then, then we cut to Leslie talking with Alfie some more and they're talking about Lee because fuck the Bechdel test. This is a Christian movie. (laughs) Right. And basically she's like, I don't understand how to turn my husband to Jesus. And she's like, have you tried listening to him? No, and I'm not going to for the rest of the movie. Never. No, exactly. I don't even know why they included this scene. And she's like, well, how did you reach him before? And she's like, well, I would let him put stuff in my butt. But now I'm a Christian, so that's out. And then we get the, like, he catches the break with the, the cop shooter story. He realizes that the guy who shot him was like an informant and, and uh, the, the cop that got shot was his handler. And in this scene, he goes and meets with like one of the guys who's the head of secret cops. Yeah. <laughs> undercover <laughs> cops. Okay. None of this is verified. But if I were writing my autobiography <laughs> and I had to print a retraction of a story because it turned out no one could confirm my source for the racist newspaper article I read, I would include a scene in the movie where the source was totes my goats real and I wasn't just a racist. (laughs) And she was really pretty. (laughs) So yeah, this is where he breaks the big um, Hicks was an informant. And that's, and that's basically the story that he writes is that Hicks was an informant for the cop and he shot the cop. And then now now the police don't want to do anything about it because they want to keep their informant. 
Yeah, this is news how Trump thinks it happens. Yeah. <laughs> Are they still working on the metaphor here? Like, so hold it. It would be the, the Christians were protecting Jesus because he was a snitch on the Jews. <laughs> Does that make sense? Je- Jesus was black. Jesus was black. That's the lesson. That's the metaphor. <laughs> well, he turns to the guy and he goes, come on, man, I need a source on this. And I wanted him to just drop like 500 ancient copies about a black guy onto the table. <laughs> I'm going to leave these here and go to the bathroom. What you do with them is your business. <laughs> also a copy of the Iliad by comparison. Here's his shroud. <laughs> uh, this should prove He's it. He's a Canadian Mountie. He just trots <laughs> off on a horse. <laughs> So now we we got we cut to him sleeping on the you get no pussy couch. Um, his wife mate wakes him up and 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 made him some coffee. Ugh, I bet it's drip to go with their <laughs> baskets of steak from the last scene. Seventies were gross. <laughs> Can we talk about that really quick? Tell <laughs> me. He bribes the secret 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 cop chief of secrets cop with a handheld steak in a basket. That's like how he gets this giant giant conspiracy to come out. So weird. That's where like, Noah wants to go eat every time we get together. <laughs> <laughs> I like hand steak. What, I wanted him to do it like a drug deal, just like palm a steak and try to pass it to him all smooth. <laughs> Dude, it's like a whole, my hand's all, it, you had sauce. Shh, shh, shh. How you doing, man? Good to see you. Good to see you. <laughs> ow, ow, it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> this would be like buying weed from Eli's guy in Chinatown. Um, <laughs> at a different <laughs> But 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 then we get him like waking up on the couch and his his wife wants him to go. This is the, I guess, listening to him scene where she tells him what to do, because um, this is where she invites him to go to church with her. Yeah. <laughs> and he like panics and tries to start coming up with excuses not to get like, can we just have brunch with your super interesting friends instead? <laughs> <laughs> Could you, no, just tell me about your coworker's dream for four hours. <laughs> awesome. She is a bitch. <laughs> and eventually though he 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 caves he agrees to go but only if he gets to sit in the back and listen to the scathing atheist on one headphone the whole time <laughs> and uh my dad seems to be giving the sermon here that god wants to be your daddy all you got to do is take it that's what i got from this sermon. <laughs> <laughs> well see i was expecting this to be yet another i didn't know church could rock so hard scene because like they come in and the music's playing or whatever but uh but ultimately, all this scene really has to offer is Lee taking Alfie aside after the service and telling her to fuck off with her crazy Jew cult. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wanted him to just walk over and start peeing on his wife. All right? Okay? You get me? And Alfie does an equally bad job. He's like, hey, uh, look, I know we're really grateful, but could you not do the whole... And she's like, she's not brainwashed. Wow. I, you are the first one say, to use that word often, <laughs> aren't you? You are. And the movie thinks this is like a typical atheist meltdown that we would all have. Yeah, like, oh yeah, nobody yeah. asked you to save my kid's life. <laughs> yeah. Universe is supposed to be indifferent. My world is crumbling. Like, what? So stupid. So is the sermon, by the way. The, the theme of the, the sermon was the only problem with church is human beings yeah otherwise besides the human beings involved were the best right yeah the, the the sermon very clearly says all the bad stuff that's people all the good stuff that's god and that's almost a quote right that's basically a quote from the sermon and and then they head home all pissed off and wouldn't you know it lee's parents show up to meet the new baby god damn it <laughs> he's He's in an atheist snit 
as as we get. <laughs> he gets mad at his dad because his dad wanted to name, name the kid John and he doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's Adolf Stalin Strobel. Deal with the dad. <laughs> so stupid. Also, the dad was Robert Forster. I like Robert Forster. Damn it. Next. I, 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 Jerry, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Although I will say, him in that leisure suit was damn near worth the price of admission. Oh my goodness! Did they make that color pink illegal? (laughs) Like, were you there when they took all those shirts from you and Andrew and just burned them in a big pile? I lobbied for that color of pink to be made illegal. I don't know if they ever did. Yeah, Um, but oh, I I love too because like there's so much of this movie rests on the daddy issues that he has, but they never actually set up what it was, right? Like, they, they never say that the dad was abusive or that he ignored. It's just, like, apparently he has dad issues because he's an atheist and hates everyone. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's no such moral code in any of his books about honoring thy father. Oh, he's that just must- not going to do that. <laughs> and he's naturally. so inappropriate, too. He's like, oh, I thought you'd name the kid John. Oh, because that's also what hookers call the people who fuck them, dad. Fuck them hard and fuck them long. So also what we call the, the things we shit in. He really says all that. We so have nuggety diarrhea. You shit in my son? I think not. <laughs> so eventually dad huffs off in a snit and shit and he's succeeded in making everyone angry, which is kind of what atheists want out of life, right? Mm-hmm. And then he has to go back to his mentor because he just can't crack the case against Jesus. <laughs> He's checked everything, but Jesus is just so hard to disprove because disproving things is not how it works. Right. And he's <laughs> really complaining about like how changed his wife is. And I don't know if anyone else got this. Did you guys get a subtext in this scene of blowjobs? Yes. I feel like it's a no more blowjobs conversation. He just won't say it. <laughs> and I get it. Like... That's a relationship ender. <laughs> we didn't talk about those things in the 70s the way we do today. And I feel like uh, wise old atheist ninja should have had a better game plan for like making the wife atheist and give blowjobs again. Just, I mean, yeah. All right. So just off the top of my head, um, find her mom and give her cancer, right? <laughs> Ooh. Uh, or feed your daughter gumballs at home. There you Ooh. go. Or uh, a whites only restaurant. There's like a lot of ways to get around this. A lot this. of ways to do that. In the 70s, all of those things were possible. Yeah, no, they were all legal. You buy back uranium then. at a store. <laughs> Would have been so much for easier costs. for Marty. Um, yeah, and I, I guess if we waited for a dramatic moment to take an interstitial break, it would come after the outtake. So we might as well take it now. But first, let me give Act 3 the hard sell here. Did Heath start a slow clap about three quarters of the way through the credits? Did all the Christians in the audience awkwardly join in for fear of being the only person that didn't clap for Jesus? They had to. They did. Did anyone buy that my reaction to this was actually a cough that just kind of sounded like a laugh at the beginning? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the monotonous conclusion of The Case for Christ. Hi, cast of god-awful movies here with a very important announcement. After watching 86 Christian movies, it's become clear there's Something we need to share. We don't hate our dads. We don't hate our dads. Our dads are fine. We're atheists because we reject God claims. Not because our moms have cancer. My mom is fine. Not because our dads abused us. Great dude. Loves space. But because we thought about a subject, we reached a decision. That had nothing to do with our dad. So... 
On behalf of all atheists and to all Christian movie makers, please, we're not atheists because we hate our dads. We are atheists because we hate our moms. Exactly. 100%. My mom listens to this show. She's going to murder me for that sketch. <laughs> Ooh, then your pug will be an atheist. Ooh, pug theist. And we're back for more of this shit. And we're going to start off with Leslie up early in the morning, underlining more Bible passages. Oh, and he comes in and he's just like, what you doing? And she's like, ah, just studying Bronze Age morality. <laughs> you know I'm an object? <laughs> Her actual answer is, oh, you know, feeling grateful. Ugh. Yeah. So many times someone said that to me and then looked at me like, you're going to ask? And I'm like, nope. I know this. I know this trap. <laughs> nice try. Me too. Yeah. Right. Right. But this is where he asks her out on a date. Oh, uh, I really wanted her to be like, yeah, definitely. I'll go out to dinner with you. Um, but uh, can my boyfriend Jesus come along? <laughs> oh, really? Drop. I don't. Drop the I don't want to ruin our friendship. Um, <laughs> well, really... this is where I wrote to like, what are the goddamn stakes of this movie? Is she going to say yes or no? <laughs> and also it's supposed to be dancing it's dinner and dancing I would have been so happy if we got a dance battle at some point between Lee and Jesus that's exactly what it I'm talking about amazing. Yeah. you got saved yeah <laughs> <laughs> so but now we have to go to court where Hicks the, the, the guy the informant cop shooter alleged whatever is uh, pleading out and, and going to jail for 15 years. And it's all because of that story that Lee Strobel wrote, which is probably the only true thing that shows up in this movie. <laughs> He's a cop shooter and a snitch. Yeah, well, no, but yeah. Um, <laughs> and the cop shooter is very upset with Lee for writing that story because he says, hey, man, if you're innocent, like you said you were, why would you bleed out and he goes huh it's almost like somebody wrote a goddamn front page article about what a dick i am and what a cop i shot exactly. and left me with no fucking choice uh but i don't blame you if that's what happened historically just know really my vagary <laughs> earlier in the movie is to blame not that's your bias <laughs> you don't see color what race am i you don't even know <laughs> At this point, I wrote in my notes like, wow, I'm checking the time every five minutes and I don't know the movie's runtime. Like, I don't know how what we're, what we're aiming for. But yeah. You just want to know time is passing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like when you're at work, you know, when you had that shitty job as a kid, you're like, I'm not going to look at the clock for another hour. And it was like two minutes later. Yeah. Scrape, scrape, scrape. Scrape, scrape. <laughs> Another deep cut. Um, and then we get that all-important husband and wife date scene that we've been waiting for this whole movie. Yeah, and their date is at a, a barbecue? Where I the fuck are they? <laughs> they? They went dancing in someone's backyard right? where there's one single guitar player doing a, a regular gig in this backyard. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> I felt like someone was about to hand him like a person-sized rack of ribs like the Flintstones for dinner. <laughs> yeah, it was bizarre, to say the least. And then, of course, we get some conversation with him after all the dancing. And we almost get Pascal's wager, but we only just get the tip at this point. Don't worry, we will go full Pascal eventually. Well, oh, man. He, rever he starts it. He reverses mm -hmm. Pascal's wager her, which she replies to with Pascal's wager. And if you're wondering what that looked like in the movie, it was... What if you're wrong? What if you're wrong? 
No, Seen. you. <laughs> Seen. Yeah, right. Am I? It's just... Are you? Are you? Am I? Just uh, want to throw something in. Hey, God, Noah and Eli, they're serious, but I'm totally joking about all this stuff we've been doing. Yeah, <laughs> just, just, just joking. Not them. They're serious. So, yeah. And uh, another thing, too, she offers up as evidence for God. She's like, but since I became a Christian, I love you even more now. Feelings are more important than facts, aren't they? Aren't well, they? My Ugh. feelings are a valid experience. A direct quote from this movie and too many fights with too many women. Well, <laughs> yeah. So many messy fights at brunch just like that. <laughs> well, I also love because he sort of dances around the whole like, I don't like you now <laughs> bit of this. <laughs> You know, like, and, and the actor, to, to the actor's credit, he does a pretty damn good job selling the, I was about to say, I don't like you, and now I have to back away from that. Right. Um, right. But basically, his ultimatum here is, on Jesus or I'll divorce you. Right. <laughs> Said what? nobody ever, 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 ever. I, I, I wanted him to kick his Christian kid out of the house, make her become a gay, just like, no one in my house, get down there. <laughs> Exactly. It's the argument from you are. That that needs to be a new bingo score. You, you pierce your nose or you get out of this house. <laughs> Take off that overcoat. Come on. That was Show some skin. <laughs> We're an atheist family here. Oh my also, god. When, she literally says in this little conversation, she's like, I can feel it. It's real. And he's like, No, you can't. Real things you can I'm your husband. You can feel and touch and see me. And she's like, I feel this more than that. And it's like, I don't think you know what see, feel, and touch mean then. No. I feel like you're confused. <laughs> well, and again, it's this it's just stupid conflation synonym shit that the fucking Christians love to do, right? Because like she's like, no, I feel that. And he's like, when I say feel now, I'm talking about tactile feeling, not emotional feeling. Like that's an important distinction to the point that I'm making. But then they act like that, that like there is, like there's only one form of feel, like there's only one form of the word faith. Oh, you have faith in your wife and therefore you must believe in God kind of bullshit. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so then she goes to see Alfie again because she just doesn't know what to do. And, of course, Alfie's advice at this point is uh, uh, God will do it. So yeah. don't worry. Jesus is going to fix your marriage. And I wanted it to flash cut to Jesus appearing at the door as Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. The, the new plan from Magical Black Lady is just, it's like the Paul Rudd thing from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. The surf it's just like do less. Pop back down. <laughs> Surfing and drowning, pretty much the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now it's time for the chapter on psychology, uh, wherein Lee wonders if all of those 500 witnesses that we definitely know were real and not made up were just all hallucinating the same thing. Or hypnotized. Well, or hypnotized. <laughs> this is not the silliest straw man we will knock down in this movie, but it's close. <laughs> what if Jesus was all like, <laughs> huh? Got to disprove that. He's a journalist. That's just as important as this one. Yeah. So now he goes to see Dr. Roberta Waters, agnostic. Ooh, Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway still looking pretty Super damn good. Old isn't she? Hot. Yep. Yeah. She is. She is sewn to that chair. That is the only way she <laughs> remained upright and did not turn into dust during this scene. <laughs> I'll just sit here. Mm -hmm. No, you come down here. No, you're right here. There you go. <laughs> 
And but she, in her professional opinion, does not think mass hallucination is a very likely explanation at all. Five hundred people could never be wrong. Well, yeah, I mean, her argument is basically like the resurrection is way more likely than a bunch of people being incorrect or or lying or being made up later by a motivated third party. They, miracles are way more likely than those verifiably true things that happen. Mm-hmm. Are they? <laughs> is it? But then. And, and the scene is like super quick. She's basically like, no, that would be stupid. That would be even a bigger miracle than the resurrection. He's like, hmm, that's a good line for the book. But then before he leaves, she calls him back. She does the Columbo thing. Oh, one more thing. She's the Sherlock psychologist. Yes. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. She goes, <laughs> tell me about your daddy issues. And he's like, what? I mean, <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I, I, I do hate my dad, but why do you ask? <laughs> and her answer is... You know, all atheists hate their dad, right? <laughs> all does. five of them. All yeah, she five names all atheists five atheists in history. So. She names the five of them. I forget who the other two were besides the three of us. And they all hate their father. <laughs> this was like, honestly, like most of this movie, I was... I was pretending not to laugh. I go, <laughs> or something like that. Noah had so many fake coughs. That's hilarious. I had to like fake cough to fake not laugh at him. <laughs> laugh fake coughing. This was the one point where I didn't even try. When this came up, when she's like, yeah, well, all atheists hate their dad. That's why they're atheists. I was like, I was just like, fuck you. <laughs> yes. Uh, really? And the audience, the audience is like at this point, like yeah, that was a little much. Did, that was and she called, what does she call it? Daddy wounding, dad <laughs> wounds. We all have da- the we all father have wound. Fathers. Yes, that's father it. wound. Yeah. Just cut to Darth Vader. Luke, this podcast is called Waking Up. Like <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's gonna stay reasonable throughout this. By oh yeah, don't worry about it. All of his guests are great, <laughs> and always will be. Yeah. <laughs> So now the wife is Bible underlining some more while while Lee works away in his Jesus office. Oh, just real real quick, but my I really wanted this to happen at the end of the last scene with Faye Dunaway. Just like one last question: Who won Best Picture? <laughs> <laughs> no. no. So then the, the wife is. We cut to the wife underlining some more Bible passages while Lee works away in his Jesus office. Right, but she's now also like casting a spell because <laughs> Alfie told him like, "Hard God will unharden your heart and replace it with one of flesh." So we see her over and over again throughout the rest of the movie being like, "Please God, maybe come home, fly like fly, fly a bird far, far away." She's like <laughs> Jenny from fucking Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I love he writes on his on his big Jesus Rico chart board or whatever. He writes mass hallucination, bigger miracle than resurrection and circles it. Really? really? <laughs> so the Iliad literally happened. And my drug dealer is more powerful than God. This <laughs> That's what we've learned. And just then Officer Koblinski, the cop that got shot, comes by to thank him for helping put Hicks away. But during this conversation, Lee visibly has a thought. And goes back to the Kablinski files. And this could not be more clumsily written. Just like, hey, uh, just want to thank you for putting away that guy who totally shot me from above, from inside my own pocket. (laughs) Sorry, what? Never mind, thanks. Nothing, nothing. I gotta go. (laughs) Yeah, so Lee and Hicks' uh, lawyer go off to investigate. It turns out that the cop had a secret ink pen gun in his shirt. (laughs) 
and and shot himself. Is that what they were saying? Well, like that, I guess when they were wrestling around, it went off by accident. So the metaphor is getting way out of hand now. So <laughs> the Jews killed Jesus with a pen, or Jesus killed himself with a pen to by the writing, writing the down. Write yeah, because the pen mightier. is mightier than the sword. You got it. Yeah. And the paper a beats rock. Cat of nine tails is beats the I, black guy. The black people fit in. Elon? <laughs> The pen quick, and the sword quick, beat black before people. Before Eli that answers that, the pen and um, the sword beat black we, people. That's we don't what Eli need an said. answer for that question necessarily. So Spider Man's <laughs> boss sure is pissed off about him getting the thing because this is this is where it all comes out that like oh wow you wrote that whole story about how he was definitely a cop shooter. It turned out you were wrong. Boy, is that libelous? Is all fuck. Yeah, and boy, do we have to print a front page retraction of yeah. the story you wrote? And again, I'm just saying. This is a very generous telling of this story. I don't know what happened. I'm not making any claims, but oh, my editor was a real bitch about me not psychically knowing about pen guns, and that's why he told me to take a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Gone for a minute. Gone for a minute is all we'll say. Yeah. And then we get uh, Leslie being dunked underwater for Jesus. Yay. Uh, but Lee just can't take it. He has to leave mid-dunk. Baptisms <laughs> are so creepy, especially oh with adults. God. But we, no, it's even worse because with kids, making them feel like they're drowning. Also very creepy. Maybe worse. Yeah. So Waterboarded for Christ. Now you're being protected by the power of the Lord. I was. I really wanted an alligator attack right there. <laughs> that would have been great. And then just like Steve Irwin shows up. I was going to go to a different lake, but Jesus told me. <laughs> Stingray attack, and he gets killed. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Stingray's like, I'm not even supposed to be here today, but I <laughs> was told that I should, Jesus, on me to kill. He was going to grab a bunch Stingray. more goannas, y'all. They, they, they really hate it when he does that. Just us, like, at a steak restaurant with a stingray across from us, basket of steak. Here's what I want you to do. <laughs> if you can stab my wife, just leave the tip. <laughs> That was my stingray noise. Yeah, no, I. I it it's an just like one. Was he making it rain like a really big tip? <laughs> sounded like a lot of bills. So, so, but of course, he gets home later. Lee gets home later, and he's all drunk and angry. So he has to have a yelly drunk fight with the wife. Yeah, it's amazing. He's like, "You want me to love Jesus? I don't love Jesus." The daughter comes in. And she's like, "Daddy, stop being an atheist." And he's like, "Fuck you, fuck you." <laughs> I really wanted Lee Strobel to walk into his bedroom and just like Jesus lying there smoking a cigarette. Sorry, bruh. <laughs> she warned you. <laughs> Next scene, they're just arguing about shared custody. <laughs> Drop her off on top. Saturdays are my time. I need the whole afternoon. Lee Strobel dressed like Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> this movie could have been so much better. So many, so many different And, and just as historically accurate. Yeah, yeah. So he breaks stuff and yells at kids like an atheist would. And then, of course, you have to have the scene where he tries to apologize to his daughter, but she's not having any of that atheist bullshit because he's not Christian enough yet. And he uses the stuffed animal. He's like, Daddy, you're sorry. And I wanted Toy Froggy to, like, talk about the problem of evil. Mommy doesn't seem to understand this, but <laughs> as posed by the ancient Greeks, if God is all-powerful, why is there evil? He is either cruel or indifferent. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so with his family in arrears as such, he he flies to L.A. to see a medical doctor because he wants to find out 
if maybe Jesus didn't die on the cross, they just thought he was dead and then they put him in a tomb and then he snuck out and got better because that's the kind of straw man bullshit they deal with in this film. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy is scienced up. He is <laughs> sciencey. He, he does like 15 unrelated sciencey things within a minute on screen. It's so you stupid. Got him wandering through a lab the whole time he's talking. Just like microscope, shit. titration, swirl a beaker for no reason, lead gloves, uranium thing. Like, just relax. What are you doing? None of that relates. None of that's a doctor stuff either. What are you doing? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, this guy takes off of his, his lab coat. He's got a smaller lab coat on underneath it. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, no, they could not have more. This is a science man uh, with this character. So, and I love, too, this is the third and I think final audible audience gasp that we got where Lee Strobel goes, well, to be fair, the Quran says that he didn't die up there. <laughs> the audience is like, well, that's, that's the last proof right there, isn't it? Like, evil brown people said it. Right. right. And this character very casually is like, I'm sorry, not to offend everybody, but the Quran is a monkey book made for monkey <laughs> dirt savages. Turns to camera. <laughs> I'd also like to add, you are. Yes. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you know, if we look at how many surviving copies there are of it, it's definitely it all really happened. Yeah. We're going to figure this out by height. <laughs> <laughs> like dodgeball. Yeah. No, there you go. <laughs> and OK, so then the doctor offers because he's like, well, what if Jesus wasn't dead? And the doctor's like, do you know how a flogging worked back in ancient Rome? So it goes into all this graphic detail and they start overlaying like pictures and shit like old illustrations of how the flogs were done as this character is. This has not been a documentary up to this moment. I just yeah. want to point that out. But then they start doing a whole Ken Burns thing with fucking ancient Roman manuscripts and shit on crucifixion. Just jazz in the background. <laughs> and of course we also have to get all the details on asphyxiation after crucifixion, where he explains how, you know, you have to pull yourself up to breathe and, and, you know, push up on your legs or whatever. Okay. A stupid question. I can breathe with my hands up. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're not if if you're holding your weight by them. It's quite a different thing, actually, as it turns out. I can. Um, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm holding myself up. In that my chair, would be and like, I can honestly, breathe. <laughs> if that happened in the movie, if Lee just starts hammering himself up to a cross, going, "No, I really don't think this is going to kill me," or whatever, I wouldn't be a hundred percent surprised. We go to Eli's apartment. He's not there. He was resurrected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when Eli shows up on next week's show, you'll know Eli is God. <laughs> also, the Dodger character says at the, at one point in this conversation, this is an actual quote from the fucking movie, which is also a quote from the book. The Dodger says, and I quote, Jesus's crucifixion is the most attested event in ancient history. What? Just like, okay, first of all, like, can we can we at least maybe throw a bone to the fact that, you know, for a thousand years, the guys who are in charge were only saving the Christian books and shit. Right. You know, like, can we at least throw that a bone at some point? That's like saying we never stutter when we speak because we've edited out all of the times. We're like, <laughs> oh, fuck, sorry, I messed that up. I'll do a retake. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> The scathing atheists speak perfectly for 285 <laughs> episodes in a row. And they even know how many episodes they've done. It's amazing. It's amazing. I wanted so badly for Lee to turn to him and just be like, so 
If you met a patient who wanted everything described to you by a guy 599 years ago, how would you feel? Like, is that a good <laughs> way to diagnose? Yeah, right. <laughs> I just wanted House to walk out and beat the shit out of him with a cane. Like, <laughs> it was lupus. God fucking damn it. <laughs> Medical opinion that she's. Yeah, we all know it's possible to die while nailed to a cross. What the That's fuck are well, we talking exactly, about? Exactly. I mean, he goes into this whole thing like, well, according to the Bible, when he was stabbed with a spear, water came out. And how could they possibly know that that sometimes happens when asphyxiated people were stabbed with spears? And it's like, um, because they stabbed asphyxiated guys with spears. Nobody is arguing that crucifixion itself isn't real. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My medical opinion, a bullet through your brain is fatal. So... It was Lyndon Johnson and a Yeti. <laughs> so, That's locked in. You yeah. should use a fake example. People will be confused if you use Lyndon Johnson. So, Back into the left, people. We're truth tellers on this show. LBJ, was it? So, and also, I love the, the, the doctor, you know, because he says at one point, he's like, it seems like the only people I talk to who are convinced are the Christian people. The only few people who find this evidence compelling are the christians and he's like well yeah because anyone who looked at the evidence objectively would become a christian obviously he's like oh yeah no i figured and then he busts out the big guns he says do you do you trust the ama to which lee strobel's character says the american medical association the most respected medical institution in all the world <laughs> the unimpeachable source of the ama <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and he says well look the ama also thinks jesus was crucified no, they fucking don't. <laughs> what the fuck? They said that this story is consistent with a crucifixion. Again, we know that crucifixions happened and people wrote shit down about them. And we also know it wouldn't have mattered if it wasn't consistent. What we've already learned no. is that consistency doesn't matter. So if they had been like, <laughs> right. we stabbed him and Kool-Aid came pouring out and we <laughs> caught it in a big jug and then it turned instantly into Jello. Oh, yeah. Then fucking Lee Strobel would be like, yeah, well, if you ever see a cop, he probably has a bullet pen in his gun. I don't know, man. You don't want to believe. But they literally sell this quote as though the AMA has laid down a position on who our Lord and Savior is and why he died for our sins. And then he gets a call from the wife. His dad has died. Oh, of a polyester overdose. I'm assuming. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Don't worry. He'll show up in a Christian movie three years later. I'm sure. <laughs> and then the funeral and then the wake and then small and, funeral. My dad way better than his. Just saying <laughs> it's like 14 people there, whatever. Yeah, it was a little, little lame. <laughs> and oh, okay. So, and this is where like this whole scene, this whole sequence exists so that like he can be in his dad's office and find the like, Lee Strobel article that dad always kept in his wallet and it turns out his dad really did love him could not be more clumsily written he pulls out like a binder he's he's framed everything he's ever written it's just, on the side it says I love my son no matter how I behave dad well yeah and that's the thing is they have <laughs> not established anything that the dad did to make Lee such a dick so there's no way to undo this now so and Loving someone secretly, which is the assumption we're supposed to make from this movie, is not, in fact, loving them. No. <laughs> right? If I'm just, if I, every time I see you, I tap you in the dick with my knuckles, and then at home I frame all of your articles, I am a dick to you. <laughs> 
Nope, that's true. That is true. I just wanted them to cut over to Luke finding a picture of Leia in Darth Vader's wallet after he died. <laughs> Fuck, is she my sister? See, this is why I'm an atheist. It's it's stuff like this. <laughs> Forces, bullshit. So yeah, then he's driving with the family. They're playing word games with the daughter and the car radio comes up to tell uh, everyone that Hicks got the fuck beat out of him in prison and the and the guards didn't do anything about it because he was a <laughs> cop shooter. So good. It's like the radio's like, this just did. If anybody knows the main character, tell him he almost got that black guy. <laughs> also, want to point out, they are playing the game that the demons were playing in the Apocalypse series earlier in these episodes. So just saying. Yeah. We do influence these Christian movies. Uh, well, clearly. <laughs> I'm yeah. thinking of a thing. <laughs> it's literally the game they're playing. I was like, yeah, fuck it was. you, Christian movie. It was. It's like, God damn it, how do I lampoon this? Yeah, so the, the radio DJ says, you know, it was probably because somebody wrote a story about how he was a snitch and a cop shooter, and that guy must feel like a real asshole right now. So then Lee goes to see Hicks at the hospital, and Hicks, as it happens, is not super happy to see him. Yeah, he's like, I'm sorry, I couldn't see the truth. And he says, you didn't want to see it. And he's like, oh, just like Jesus. And I wanted it so badly for the Hicks to be like, actually, I was talking about societal racism and bias in reporting it. <laughs> oh, and policing. Oh, he's gone. And that <laughs> this is... This will not get better for me. <laughs> and that, by the way, is the whole goddamn payoff to that entire storyline. Yeah, because I'd be pissed if I found out that you can go to eternal paradise. As an atheist, I'm really rooting against eternal paradise being an option. Yeah, That's yeah. why I don't want to see it. Right, right, exactly. So now it's time for him to go yell at his mentor some more. Where he goes back to the atheist ninja to tell him, like, I've tried everything, but I just can't disprove Jesus. <laughs> and this is where his mentor conveniently tells him that, you know... Atheism takes equal faith to Christianity. Really, I, I just flipped a coin. I don't know why you didn't just have your wife do that. They're both completely exactly the same in the amount of faith required. Who knows? And that is the crowning argument of this movie. Well, not believing in God still takes a leap of faith. No, it doesn't. It's the opposite. Actually, it takes incredulity across the board. That's what it is. Anyway. I, I feel like you don't know what words do, bro. I feel like you don't even understand the concept. Yeah, for the cheap seats in the back, believing there's an elephant behind you that you can't see does not require the same amount of faith as believing there's not an elephant behind you that you can't see. That's how believing things work. Yeah. And if, if that doesn't convince you, you will die of blood cancer if you don't give $10 an episode at patreon.com forward slash God Awful. Do you want to take that risk? Associated with awfully low rates of blood cancer by me just now and Eli <laughs> before that. So now we have to go back to his office so he can bitch at his Christian coworker because Jesus is so damn hard to disprove. <laughs> and again, he's just such a dick to Kenny the entire movie. Fuck you, Kenny. Fuck you. <laughs> Tell me if Jesus existed. <laughs> you know the secrets. And he and he actually opens this up by going like, oh, you people with your God and all your evidence. <laughs> the last part's never been uttered by human lips before. So well done, movie. You found a new combination of words. Uh, and the, the guy's response, by the way, is perfect. He goes, look, man, this is where the chili meets the cheese, which I will say is that in all... 
all emergency situations for the rest of my life. If there's ever a mass shooting, I'm going to run at the guy being like, this is where the chili meets the cheese. Because <laughs> that'll confuse him. He'll stop shooting and be like, I'm sorry, did you just say, ah. I don't put cheese you in You mean my... the melty area that yes, they touch? They kind of mix together, don't they? I that don't. That expression? What's the sour cream? I don't get, like, do you put it on? Very confused by this. Is that God in the melty area? <laughs> Who's that? Well, it's Chicago, so that chili? means on the on... hot dog. I, yes, see. Okay, I see. Speaking of chili and cheese, where does C.S. Lewis fit into this? <laughs> is my question. C.S. Lewis was a famous pedophile. I mean, skeptic. Skeptic. <laughs> Yeah, the Christian co-worker's hero was C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis said, Pascal's wager, motherfuckers. Pascal, no lube or nothing. He just rams it right home there. Pascal, as C.S. Lewis once said, the lion's Jesus. (laughs) He is. He is. Plus, they made those Narnia books into movies. And, you know, imagine that stack of DVDs. That's very tall. <laughs> right? Come on. That's a very tall stack. If you had the all cases. All the copies that ever sold so, would reach the moon. Yeah, centaurs so, are real. The, that's, a, that's a tall stack, and centaurs are real. Imagine all and the young, official. young, sweet, innocent children who will read my books. Anyways, yeah, God's real. <laughs> I turned out to be a pedophile, maybe. So, also, at the end of this scene, the... Kenny, the, uh, the, I'm just going to cut that out and that's going to be the whole fucking <laughs> whole episode. It's just going to be Eli saying that and then it's it'll gonna be the intro go music into the, music. the show from now yeah, on. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm a pedophile, maybe. Eli Bosnick. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, and this is where my spell check killed itself. Eli, is there any chance that you can remember what you were trying to write in this last, before you say it, I want to read for the audience what you actually wrote. Absolutely. Changed my hisfinand. Change my jiv- jizvanand. Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> this is uh, change my mind. God, change my mind. What? Really? Yeah, I, that's not even the like same number of words. No, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't understand what you were talking about until I looked at it because I saw he's put special notes under my notes that was like, "What the fuck is this?" And I. <laughs> And I looked at it and I was like, changed my mind. God changed my Oh no, those aren't those letters. Those are different letters. <laughs> but change my blank, change my blank's pretty obvious. Oh, you know what? I think it's probably change my heart, change my mind, maybe. Change my heart, change my mind. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, because Jizvanand looks like mind and his finand looks like <laughs> I mean, that's what it says on the inside of my wedding ring. I don't like to get super personal on this show, but it says change my his finand, change my jizz finand. By Zales. <laughs> Never. I'm just going to put that as the description <laughs> of this movie in the uh, in the notes. All right, so the now we banana can... chocolate diamond. By <laughs> so now we literally get Lee rolling up his sleeves to get to work on his Jesus thing once and for all. I wrote in my notes here. Okay, Jesus, time for you and me to karate fight once and for all. Yes. <laughs> well, right, and then this is where we get to, like the the you know. 15 minutes of flashbacks of lines that were uttered earlier in this movie. So it's like, remember all these good arguments that we, that we put together and even this movie's own dialogue that you just heard is being presented in a misleading order, you know? <laughs> and now he's switched to Southpaw and he's doing push pins lefty. It's <laughs> going crazy. Just back and forth. Him and Dawkins typing super hard, pouring sweat. 
Yeah, and now Lee believes in Jesus, and I just wrote in my notes, I could have been playing Zelda Breath of the Wild, y'all. I mean, <laughs> it's fucking Zora, the dam is, is, is being threatened by this giant fucking elephant, and I'm here in this goddamn theater watching <laughs> Lee believe in Jesus. Oh. So yeah, so he gives up, he admits defeat, and he goes home to get his first fucking nine months or, or whatever his motivation is here. And he basically sits his wife down and gives her the, like, I'm cheating on you talk, but then he switches it to Jesus. Yes. He's like, uh, I haven't been completely honest with you. And she's like, fuck, let's go get tested. Let's go get, no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> let's just go get tested. I, they can swab your cheek now. It's not a big deal. It's just, <laughs> just go. And he's this like, no, a- no, no, no. I changed religions. And she's like, oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, he totally gives it the I, I fucked your sister opening and everything, which is pretty wise, though. If, if you're going to give some bad news, make them think it's fucked their sister first, you know, and then whatever it actually turns out to be. Oh, you just have cancer. That's better. But he tells her, like, you know, I tried, but I just can't disprove Christianity. It's true. It's like too true. Like it's had complaints. It's so <laughs> true. Uh, it, it, the actual quote. The evidence for your faith was more overwhelming than I could have imagined. Yeah, at which point my theater started to say the word yes and clap very loudly. Uh, We did not. I think our theater was asleep by then. They were all fairly geriatric. Yeah, we woke them up again at the end when when he started doing a slow clap. She says, let me show you what I've been working on. And it's her underlined Bible. But I wanted it so badly to be a series of Polaroids of her fucking black dudes. Just like, see, (laughs) this is what happens when you are mean to me. But and, and of course, he says at one point, he goes like, you know, oh, the, the evidence was so great. But even more than the evidence, what really convinced me was the fact that you loved me. Wow, that kills your credibility, doesn't it? Why would you put that in the movie? <laughs> you just kind of admitted that you didn't make this for logical. Anyway, yeah. So she hugs him and he just comes all over himself because it's been so long. And now she she shows him an indecipherably useless Bible passage. I don't even remember what the pastor was, but his reaction is like, okay, I'm trying to be nice about your nonsense now, but what the fuck does that mean? Those words <laughs> don't mean a thing, do they? <laughs> and of course, her response here is, she says, he's like, what does it mean? And she says, believe plus receive equals become, as though that now makes more sense. Is that in the <laughs> Bible? <laughs> I don't even know what the Just- f- God's up there all excited. It sounded dumb in Aramaic, but that totally ended up rhyming. <laughs> Toward the beginning, believe and receive. That's pretty it cool. rhymes now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he doesn't know how to Jesus. He's like, what What do I do now? Do I, I, do I get a face tattoo? Do I... <laughs> is there a hat? So, do I have to... Cause my, do I have to chop anything off of my... Because it's really not... I don't really have a lot to spare there and i she says there's no wrong way to love jesus and i was bored at this point and i realized that we could make a t-shirt that says there's no wrong way to love a jesus that looks like the reese's thing and we would make a million dollars i was thinking I when you say. first said that i thought you were going to suggest there's no wrong way to leave love jesus and then just have a picture of various sexual positions on the back that you could try no um, christians buy t-shirts more than no do. you're right you're you're right they do they buy a lot of t-shirts and nobody sues him them for copyright infringements either right we're gonna okay. We're gonna put it on our. We're gonna put a poll on our Facebook page. If you guys don't mind us cashing in on this one time, one time we watched eighty six movies for you. We just want 
just want that sweet, sweet Pure Flix money. Yeah, no shit. They have their <laughs> own <laughs> Apple app. So I, <laughs> are you going to wear this at a straight parade? I'm not. Making it <laughs> also, I love to, cause she's like, he's like, I don't know how to pray. Can you help me? And she goes, it doesn't really matter how you do it. And I was like, wow, that's not true of anything that's real. Is it? I mean, no. yeah. <laughs> oh, except for this, honey, except for this thing that's real, but everything else, it matters what you do if you want to get results out of it. Yeah. If your connection to the universe requires less thought and practice than a card trick, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So he prays like he's asking God to junior prom. um, And then we get some weepy kisses and the movie should be over now. It really should, but it's not. We could just say it's over. That's right. Yeah. We don't have to fucking talk about the last (laughs) thing. So, yeah, so he heads back to work because he has to pitch his Jesus story to his boss. This is where we learn that ultimately Hicks was released. So, you know, all he got was a few months in prison and the fuck beaten out of him. It wasn't that bad. Wasn't that big a deal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Directly into camera. Okay. <laughs> and this is also where Lee pitches his boss the Jesus story, but Spider-Man's boss doesn't want that nonsense because who the fuck would print that in a newspaper? <laughs> The black Jews control the media. Well, right, right. Finally. Yeah, obviously. So he goes home to tell his wife that she won't take that the editor won't take a story, and she goes like, "What about a book?" I'm like, oh yeah, you know that wasn't his thought on this when he put out his fucking Rico chart and started flying around the country to interview <laughs> experts. But he hadn't even considered a goddamn book. Oh yeah, well that would make the thousands and thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours of interviews I've done make sense. Yeah, a book. Yeah, a book you say, and this will be my fourth book on Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, write another one of those. Yeah, great idea, hun, that you just made up um, on the spot there. And finally, finally, we get the fucking typing. And man, does this actor suck at typing. I realized at that point, that's why we didn't see more typing in this movie. This guy is literally pecking out eight fucking keys and then hitting the return bar. Eight keys hitting the return bar. Okay. Amazing. In in his defense, typewriter's keys are 25 miles apart. You got to elbow drop them from the ropes like the fucking Undertaker to get a single button push. And if you make a mistake, you have to wait till one of your kids dies of the rickets and use their skin as whiteout. No, that is that is how they worked back then. You did have to, you did have to get up on the on the top ropes to to get the space bar down. Yeah, um. So yeah, and that's it. I we, we get a little like uh, Breakfast Club close to tell us that uh, you know he sold over fourteen million copies of his book, and then he became a pastor. How objective? Wrong, by the way. Uh, became assessment. a pastor. Well, then yeah, the right. Book. And then <laughs> sold 14. Yeah, right, right, exactly. And it even says, and then he milked 20 more books out of that bullshit. Saying 20, the same fucking thing books. again and again. Yeah. And also, they, they offer up as evidence at the end. He's like, and, you know, and Christianity was so right that even the six year old daughter was convinced enough to convert after both of her parents did. <laughs> they really say that they really say like and and the daughter was so impressed by the change in lee that she became a christian too she's six i wish i wish so bad it was a muslim nurse and she turned muslim she got <laughs> de-choked by a muslim no oh god well and then their son the the little baby that was born in this got a degree in theology so he's useless completely yeah. useless all right so the evidence is in you guys have seen it you're the jury What's the verdict? 
Uh, Islam is right. <laughs> uh, ice pick. It was an ice. Jesus stood on an ice cube, and then oh, he would, that makes perfect because that would explain person, the puddle uh, of water. Yeah, yeah. It was the Cubans. <laughs> so. Now, as I've already said, Heath and I watched a special like pre-opening airing that included a live Q&A that was broadcast to theaters nationwide. And during that broadcast, they were taking questions via Twitter. Heath offered up some questions, but they didn't take them. So rather than finishing up by hiring a surveyor who can ensure our thumbs are pointed exactly down, I figured we could close up on a few of the tweets that we wish we could have snuck into their Q&A. <laughs> All right. Uh, at least Strobel. Please ask Kirk Cousins why God hates the Redskins. <laughs> There's no coincidence. It was on purpose. All right. How about at least Strobel? If you had become a Christian sooner, do you think all those Pinto owners would have died? <laughs> at Pureflix, since this was Strobel's fourth book about Jesus, do you plan on doing prequels a la Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> all right. I actually sent this one out um, at the case for Christ. What is your second favorite religion after Christianity and why? <laughs> you really did say that. That's that why too. I stayed later, by the way. After a chunk of the QA, no, I was like, all right, what the fuck? Is I'm leaving. And I was like, I'm just going to stay a little bit longer. <laughs> He's like, all right, weirdo. The fuck are you doing? That's why. That's why. I really was hoping they would answer my yeah, no, that was second great. favorite religion. Um, the Jews. The Jews. Definitely the Jews. Um, or maybe they would have said the Mormons. That would have been great. Um, I had one for the writer, too. Uh, at Brian underscore Bird. Be honest, you were just hoping people would confuse you with Brad, right? When you went into this as a line of work? Yeah, I know. Uh, at everyone involved in this movie, please give Noah back his clothes. You're done using them for costumes. <laughs> and well, that's going to do it for our review of The Case for Christ. That's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to coax you back next week. So Eli, tell us what's on deck. Revenge of the Vultures, disc one. <laughs> oh fuck! I watched Revenge of the Vukuri because that's what you wrote in the notes. I watched the wrong fucking move. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eli's gonna be out of town for a week, so that means we're gonna be th knocking down. What is this? Is this the fifth Vultures of Horror episode we've done? This would be the fifth Vultures of Horror episode we've done. Uh, we're running there out. There are so many more. We are there not better. We're be. not running out. Hollywood so is much. packed with amazing movies well that's true yeah like once we get done with this one we can just switch to the next nollywood thing that youtube seems to want me to watch yeah and they have the same actors oh really oh yes, yes. it's just so all the many same of them have actors the same. in nigeria yeah. too sweet anon is in every nigerian movie is she <laughs> awesome i like her so with that to look forward to we're gonna bring episode 86 to a merciful close once again a huge thanks to all the patreon donors that help make the show go if you'd like to count yourself among their ranks you can make a per episode donation to patreon.com slash god awful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode you can also help us out a ton by leaving a five-star review on itunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms and if you enjoyed this show be sure to check out our sibling shows the scathing atheist and the skeptocrat available on itunes stitcher and wherever else podcasts live if you have questions comments or cinematic suggestions you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of p andrew torres our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. All other music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions, promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Breakfast Club close. Thousands of Jewish kids continue choking to death on gumballs every year. Noah did the math. And it turns out we're going to need you all to buy about 800 copies of the new book per hour for a couple of years if we want Diatribes Volume 2, The Move. Get on it. The Killing Curse is deadly 100% of the time, proving Harry Potter is real. <laughs>
I <laughs> turned out to be a pedophile, maybe. I'm a pedophile, maybe. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.